Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, did you know that everything that you do in life has consequences? I mean, sometimes those consequences are good. Sometimes those consequences are bad. Sometimes those consequences have a huge impact, and sometimes they don't really do anything. And maybe not everything that you do has consequences, because, I mean, there are probably people out there, people that you know, maybe it's even you, and you'd try to find something that doesn't have a consequence just to prove that statement wrong. You know, you'd be like, well, I just picked up a pencil. What's that consequence? Okay, so let's just say that many things, if not everything, that you do in life has consequences. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. If you remember on Monday, Thursday, we looked at both Peter and Judas. Both of them betrayed Jesus. Both of their actions had consequences. Judas's betrayal led to Jesus's arrest and ultimately his crucifixion. Peter's denial led him to go out and weep, to be separated from the disciples, almost as if he were no longer a disciple. As we hear from the angel who says to the women that Jesus is risen from the dead, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Go tell the disciples and Peter. A couple weeks ago, when we saw Peter, who had gone back to fishing because maybe he didn't consider himself a disciple anymore since he had denied Christ, gets restored by Jesus as Jesus calls him to go and feed his sheep three times, just like Peter had denied Jesus three times. And last week we heard from Jesus, who is the good shepherd, say, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. One of the other things that Jesus says in John chapter 10 is this, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Add these words to the words that Jesus gives to his disciples before he ascends into heaven, that being his great commission where he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Add all of these things up and you end up with today's reading from Acts, where the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. The disciples, and specifically we see Peter, if you look at Acts chapter 10, the previous chapter, are carrying the good news of Jesus to the Gentiles, to all nations. Those who are not the Jews, those who are not God's chosen people. But there were some who were not happy about this. We read, So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. 
Now this circumcision party that's mentioned are Jews who insisted on circumcision along with saving faith. Since circumcision was a sign of God's covenant with Abraham, this group of people thought that if you really wanted to be counted as part of God's people, his flock, just believing wasn't good enough. You also needed to be circumcised. And of course, they said to Peter, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. Almost as if being amongst these uncircumcised Gentiles was sinful behavior and Peter needed to be called out. If this sounds familiar, it's quite similar to the Pharisees' saying of Jesus. This man eats with tax collectors and sinners. The issue that this brings up is that by these standards, it's almost like you are saying that there are some who are worthy of hearing the good news of Jesus, and there are some who are not worthy of hearing the good news of Jesus. Just like there are some who are worthy to have Jesus sit and eat with them, and there are some who are not worthy to have Jesus sit and eat with them. And who gets to decide that? Well, usually it's those who are on the inside are the ones who do the excluding. They are the ones who label certain others as not worthy. Now, why would something like this happen? Why would there be a group that thought they were more worthy than others? The answer is simple. The answer is sin. Sin is in all of our lives. And I mean, you can be proud of many things. You can be proud of who you are. You can be proud of where you come from. But sin can take that and turn it into the pride that you, like some of the Jews and their people, are God's chosen people. And it's not right and it's not fair that other people not born into the same family as you all of a sudden become equal with you when they're, they've never been equal with you before. And in fact, I mean, the Gentiles were kind of the enemies of the Jews. But now all of a sudden they get all of the benefits and blessings that, that you do but without the requirements of the law, especially circumcision? I mean, that's not right and fair. Peter has an answer to that. He said in Acts chapter 10, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. God's good news of Jesus is to go out to all the earth. Because all of the earth is God's. He has created all people, and he wants all people to be saved. But that's maybe not easy to hear sometimes. And I'll remind you of an example I gave you a number of weeks ago. Do you think that even the worst criminals should be in heaven? You think about all of the worst serial killers who ever lived. Do you think that they deserve to 
to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, to have the Holy Spirit create faith in them so that they can believe and have eternal life? Because if any of these criminals were believers on their deathbed, they're in heaven. End of story. How does that make you feel? Does that seem right and fair? Does it make you go, Amen, praise the Lord? Or does it make you go, Just wait a second. They don't deserve it. But guess what? None of us deserve it. None of us deserve to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, have the Holy Spirit create faith in us so that we can believe and have eternal life. That's because we're all sinners. Now, I'm not saying that any of you out there are serial killers. Though, if you didn't know this, the famous BTK killer was the president of a Lutheran church. But all of us are sinners. And everything that we do in life has consequences. And the consequences for our sin is death. We all deserve death because we have all fallen short of living according to God's standards, his laws, his rules. And we deserve a death sentence. In that, we're no different than any serial killer. We deserve a death sentence. Physical death. And more than that. We deserve eternal death. We deserve condemnation, damnation, hell. We deserve to be forever separated from God. Those are the consequences that our sins demand. That is right and fair. So what about God? Is he right and fair and just? I mean, if he is, he would be just in giving us exactly what our sins deserve. God is right, and he is fair, and he is just, and he is also full of mercy and grace and love. And rather than giving us what our sins deserve, he gives Jesus what our sins deserve. When Jesus is nailed to the cross in our place, on our behalf, taking our sins upon his shoulders and suffering death, going through hell itself in order that we would not suffer the consequences for our sins. Jesus died in order to give us life. And he rose from the dead, showing that he did defeat sin, death, and the devil. And in his death and resurrection, Jesus shows us that no one is more valuable than another. That no one is more worthy of being saved. Jesus died for all people. And he rose for all people. Because he loves all people. And that is why the good news of Jesus goes to all nations. Everything Jesus did had consequences as well. His death and resurrection is for all people, and eternal life is for all who believe.
That's why Peter says, truly I understand that God shows no partiality. And then he goes on to say, and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to judge, to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And when the circumcision party questions Peter on bearing witness of Jesus to the Gentiles, he says, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? You might think, how could someone like Peter, who was originally called by Christ to go and fish for people, who followed him for a few years, who denied Christ three times, who saw the resurrected Christ multiple times, who was restored by Christ, and then told to go again and fish for people to feed Christ's sheep and make disciples of all nations, who saw Christ ascend into heaven, who had the Holy Spirit come upon him, who knew and understood Christ's love for him. How could Peter not go and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to others? How could he not go and share the good news with the Gentiles, those uncircumcised Gentiles? How could he not be like Jesus and go and eat with tax collectors and sinners and tell them about Jesus? Otherwise, he would be standing in God's way. And Peter knew that he had done that on a few occasions already. And the response that he gets is this. Silence. And then they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. God has granted repentance to you that leads to life this day as well. He wants all people to be saved. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why he has called you to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of your sins, to have the Holy Spirit at work in you, creating faith that leads to eternal life. That's why he calls you to gather together in worship to hear the life-saving, life-changing message of Jesus Christ and his great love for you. That's why we confess our sins, why we repent, so that Christ forgives us and helps us live our lives for him. He helps us share the good news of Jesus with others as well. And knowing what all of us know, experiencing what all we have experienced of Jesus' great love for us, how could we not go and share? And today, Jesus doesn't come to sit and eat with us sinners. He invites us to come and eat him, to eat of his flesh and blood 
in the bread and the wine in his supper for the forgiveness of sins, for the strengthening of faith, and for salvation. These are God's gifts to his church. And these have consequences as well. Mainly forgiveness, life, and salvation. Which none of us are worthy to receive. And that is exactly why Christ has given them to us. By faith, which he has also given us. Because of his mercy, his grace, and his love for us and for all people. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior.